Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Has the news got you down? Not with this funny guy. You're listening to Lighten Up with Steve Miller. (laughs) (laughs) Shalom, shalom, everybody. My life is spinning out of control, and I am in a pit of darkness, but it doesn't matter. You want to know why? Because it's Monday, and you know what that means. It's Lighten Up on Israel News Talk Radio. My name is Steve Miller, everybody, and guess what? We have a special guest host, and I want to give it up. Please give it up, everybody, like there's an audience in front of me, for <laughs> Mr. Joseph Kaner. Hello. Um, <laughs> I don't know Hello. what to say other than I have a whoopee cushion here oh. in, in case of need. <laughs> Joseph, now, uh, people don't know. Now, I was going to do the show alone. I just found out that Joseph was going to be my uh, guest host because our producer had no faith in me. <laughs> and uh, so uh, she says, I know this guy, uh, Joseph, he's a very good friend of mine and uh, he's a good guy and he lives in Israel. And I said, oh, so he's a personal friend. She goes, no, I've never met him. <laughs> it's um, true, but, but I did send her a can opener once. <laughs> there you go. See, and uh, I know if, obviously this is radio, but let me just describe Joseph. I'm going to call you Joseph Hatsadik because that's what you look like. This guy has got a beard like ZZ Top all the way down to his, uh, where, how far does that go down? Almost to my mid-abs. Mid-abs, your six-pack. Um, and I, um, uh, in the background here, you're like, it looks like you're in an office. You have all these Torah books behind you. Why don't you tell, uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, Joseph? Okay. So I made Aliyah about 2011. I used to live in Baltimore, but before I lived in Baltimore, I lived in Israel. So it was one of those stories. Um, I work out of my home office in my living room. And we have like a very messy living room. I'll give you, I mean, the, the audience can't see it, but you can see it. Wow. That's the, that's the Shabbos table, which is a mess until Friday afternoon. Got all kinds of books there. We've got a ring light. We've got uh, all kinds of nonsense here. And that, what else do I, I already, I, I already, I told you, I told you before I have ADD. I already forgot what I was talking about. Um, <laughs> That's right. Joseph made sure he said, listen, Stephen, when you're going, going over the stories, just so you know, I might wander off. I have ADD. That's exactly. okay. Don't, ah, beard. Don't worry about it. But beard, beard. The beard, the beard okay. yes. Because, you know, I used to, when I became observant, so I stopped shaving, but I used to trim it. And then when I became connected with Chabad, I decided I'm going to just let, let it, as, as my wife says, let my freak flag fly. So, yeah, I haven't trimmed, <laughs> haven't trimmed it in years. But it is, there, there are hazards to having a beard. I yeah. used to do home improvements. One time I was installing mirrors in a wall that required drilling a lot of holes. I had a power drill. I'm drilling. The tip of my beard gets caught in the chuck of the drill, and then it goes, and the drill is up on my face. I thought for sure I had ripped part of my cheek out or something. It took five minutes to unroll it. So if anybody out there has a long beard, don't use it with power tools, you know, without (laughs) without, uh, some kind of protection. So you're a Chabad guy, eh? I try to be. I play one on television. (laughs) Um, Let's say hello to our listeners, everybody. Of course, the United States of China, Israel, Italy, Canada, Bahrain, New Zealand, and Ireland. Aye, top of the day to ya. Say hello to Joseph Hatzadik. (laughs) (laughs) Aye, anyway, um, go ahead. You you said United States of China for a second. I thought, is that something new? I looked on the list over here. Yeah, no, that's what I call the United States now. The United gotcha. States of China. That's we're we're ruled by our Chinese overlords. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you get this in Israel, but uh, every now I, I always get at least twice a week. I'll get a phone call, and I swear, last week, uh, I after the show, I got a phone call, and it's on my cell phone, and it came up Beijing. No, no, I was like freaking out. I let it go right to voicemail. Apparently, President uh, Xi listens to Lighten Up, and he wanted to, you know, say, "Very funny show. I like how you say." United States of China, <laughs> even though I don't think that's a Chinese accent, but whatever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and uh, I get these weird voicemails from China and I listen to them. They leave more voicemails message messages for me, but they're they're all in Chinese. So it's like tong, 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 and that's it. And it's scary. So I call the United States, the United States of China. <laughs> maybe then maybe maybe they put the wrong number. They think it's a pizza place they're ordering. 
Oh, you think they're ordering pizza? But they're ordering, they, they, your number they put on an ad for a Chinese pizza place, and they're calling to order pizza. That's probably what this could be what's <laughs> happening. Okay. So uh, you, uh, I'm going to ask you more questions about yourself uh, a little Good. bit, but uh, I wanted to uh, – Go maybe if we have time. I'd like to go into. Oh, first before we go into our first story, I would like to say if people were listening. We, there is a brand new show on before lighten up, and it's called the Jewish Truth Bomb by my good friend who I brought on to Israel News Talk Radio, Mr. Lenny Goldberg. I listened to about two minutes of it, uh, and it's amazing. And I want everyone all over the world to listen to the Jewish Truth Bomb with Lenny Goldberg. Now, uh, Yosef. I will tell you, I don't mean to toot my own horn, toot, toot, but I'm going to toot it. I brought this guy on as a guest host, and now he's a major star on Israel News Talk Radio, and he doesn't return any of my calls. So if that happens to you, okay. please, please don't end up. Please be humble. Don't be like Lenny Goldberg. <laughs> I, I, okay. I'll try my best. Okay. Where do you live in Israel? I live in Malay Adumin. Never heard is, of it. <laughs> oh, so you're, you're not in Israel. I'm in Chutz Laretz, baby. Oh, you're, you're okay. Fine, fine. Which, I'm which, just looking, which, looking which, over your thing here. Which, which Tamar um, says, please translate for our English listeners. Chutz Laretz <laughs> means I don't live in Israel. I live outside the land. Right, right. I live in I live in the United States of China, uh, right outside Philadelphia. Gotcha. So, so Maladumim, we call it the Upper East Side of Jerusalem. We're about you know five minutes as a very fast bird would fly east of Jerusalem. We're, we're if you go the other side of our town, there's just nothing but desert, and then you can see Jordan if you have really good binoculars. Do you like living there in Jerusalem? I like living here, except in the summer, it's like living in a convector oven. So, if you have good <laughs> air conditioning, then you're okay. The winter's okay. nice; doesn't get too cold. Yeah. Um, and the people here are awesome. It's really a nice sense. Maybe, I don't know, 40-something thousand people, all wow. kinds of people, every kind of person imaginable, you know? I, yeah, I was just there uh, in November, but it's very expensive. I'm on this uh, WhatsApp group, and it's uh, just to see, like, people who are renting out apartments in Jerusalem. And it's like, it's like one-bedroom apartment, 10,000 shekel a month. Uh, yeah, and I'm just like, yeah, whoa, what are you, insane? How can any, it's like living in New Manhattan. How can anyone afford to live there? I, I don't know. And we're, we're not in Jerusalem. We're, it's like a suburb of Jerusalem. So it's a little ah. cheaper little cheaper out here. Oh, and okay. thank God we bought this place in 1984. So it was much less expensive then because nobody oh, okay. wanted to live here. It was too far away. Oh, so you've been living in this in, in, in this place that I'm looking at since 1984? Well, not, not consecutively. I mean, we were I was here from 84 to 88. 88, I went to America. I thought it would be there for a year. I wound up being there way too long and then came back. Ah, okay. Well, listen, I'm going to go into our first story before we uh, go to our first break. Um, you're going to love this story. Now, uh, do you like um, do you like sports? I, I'm passionately indifferent about sports. Okay. Well, here, you're going to like this. This okay. this is really not a sport, but here's the title. Uh, it, this comes from Jewish News. <laughs> That's the name of the paper, Jewish News. It says, Iranian chess grandmaster throws a game against the Israeli player. Did you hear about this? I did not. <laughs> okay. Uh, no one else did either because it's chess, babe. No one no one watches or goes to a chess tournament. Nobody it says. Cares. Exactly. Nobody cares. It's called um, his name is Amin Tabat. Uh, I can't even pronounce this guy's name. So we'll just call him Amin Muhammad. He walked away from a match in fear of reprisal from the Ar Iranian regime. It says it took just one move for a Jewish chess player to win a match in Barcelona after his Iranian opponent refused to compete with an Israeli. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're not too tolerant over there. I can understand why he did that. Well, it says here, attendees at the Sunway Chess Festival. First of all, right there, it's very disturbing that there is a festival for chess. <laughs> I mean, would you go to – does that sound like a place where there's a good time? Uh, a, I, hey, man, I, let's I, go party at the chess festival, man. Yeah, I would be looking at my phone after about a minute probably. Yeah, probably someone with ADD like you, you probably will be – you're probably horrible at chess and checkers. I, yeah, I can't. I don't know how to play chess, and checkers doesn't interest me. So yeah, <laughs> it says here. First of all, they call him a grandmaster. Sounds very kung fuish. Uh, it says here. Um, Isn't that a KKK thing? <laughs> it says here. Uh, uh, he threw the game against fellow twenty-one-year-old Nathaniel Levy 
over fears he'd be punished by the Iranian officials on his return home. So it's not that he hated the Jews, but he was afraid. He wanted to play them, but he was afraid of what happened. And it says the Islamic Republic of Iran rejects Israel's right to exist and its athletes are banned from sporting competitions against the Jews. Yeah, he's probably thinking, you know, if he wins, then he goes home and gets hung from a crane. So who needs that, you know? <laughs> exactly. That'll ruin your day. Um, it says here, uh, the president of the Berlin Chess Association, his name is Paul Meyer Dunker. He took to Twitter. He was very upset. He says, he says, uh, to insist that the International Chess Federation take preventative action against Israeli boycotts. So this is very upsetting for uh, at least uh, the people in Berlin are on our side finally. <laughs> um, but this is just funny to me because chess, I do not consider them athletes. I can, you can be a fat, lazy, pizza-eating, 250-pound slob and be the greatest chess athlete on earth. <laughs> Yeah, I never, I never learned how to play chess. My father, my father, Oliver Shalom, was from Russia, and um, he won. I don't know. He told me he wanted to teach me how to play chess, but his method was to just start playing, and then if you lose, you lose. He didn't explain anything to me. So after <laughs> one, after one of his lessons, I figured, you know what? Uh, let him teach somebody else. Listen, Yosef, I want to teach you how to sit and play chess. Sit down with me, and then you get sit down. He goes, checkmate. You're done. Ooh, get yeah, out. That was it. That was it. I was supposed <laughs> to learn from the experience, I guess. <laughs> ah, he was a wise man. <laughs> Your father was probably like, uh, what's his name, um, from the Karate Kid, Mr. Miyagi. Yeah, wax on, wax off. All right. Well, we're gonna wax off right now. Thank you very much, folks. We'll be right back in a minute. Don't go away. Has the news got you down? Not with this funny guy. You're listening to Lighten Up with Steve Miller. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to Lighten Up on Israel News Talk Radio. My name is Steve Miller, and my special, awesome guest host, Mr. Yosef Hatsadik Kaner. How are you, Joseph? Howdy, howdy. How are you doing? You having fun? Thank God we've cat lady. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about cat lady. We have I, I won't say her name, but we have a Meow. lady. In our, we have a woman in our building who I think maybe schizophrenic or something. And every once in a while, she just burst out of her apartment, go into the stairwell and scream and yell. And tell, she has a whole this conspiracy theory about how I put some kind of cyber devices in the water pipes and I'm listening to everybody in the building. So I just heard her a second ago. That's why I said, wow. oh my gosh, cat lady's out again. Sounds like you have wonderful neighbors over there. Oh, she's great. <laughs> she's really nice. Oh, you invite her over for Shabbos. <laughs> I could see you like putting listening devices. You look with your beard, you know, you look kind of shady. You know, uh, my rabbi, um, uh, he has a long beard too. And what he does, and I never even knew this, but he actually takes a rubber band and ties it underneath. And then because you had mentioned, tell everyone what happens to you sometimes in your sleep. <laughs> um, yeah. The, the, you know, the, one of the problems is like if I'm if I roll over onto my face and then say I'm, I'm looking at my phone or reading a book or something like that, I put my my arm down on the mattress to hold myself up. But if my beard is under my elbow, then yeah. it pulls my face and it's just it's uncomfortable. But it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't happen all the time. So, I'm OK. Just power tools. Again, power tools is, and I don't even want to think about working on an engine when the motor is running because that could, you know, very easily you could lose a major part of your entire being that way. Do you know, do you know how to do that work? on? You mentioned that you did some carpentry work. I mean, you, you did in, installation of mirrors. I mean, you know, I'll be honest with you. I'm a Jew and I can barely screw in a light bulb, but you're like installing mirrors. Do you know anything about cars? Uh, I used to have, in, in the olden days, where in the olden days when I was in high school, I had a I had a Volkswagen Bug, and I bought a book called the the some some kind of guide for the complete idiot. It told you how to do everything. You could fix everything in your car. So I used to work on my car. And wow! I, look at you, a Jew under the hood. <laughs> <laughs> a Jew from the hood under the hood. <laughs> oh, 
my god! And and then I, in, in another Gilgal, in another one of my one of my life. What how do you say Gilgal in English? I don't even know. Another Gilgal. My premier, previous. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, a Gil, okay. A quick, quick. I think there's an idea of Gilgulim that every soul that is on the earth is not is not your first time around. It could be that this is your second reincarnation, third. So that's called the Gilgul. So in one of my previous Gilgulim, I had a, a, a home improvement company. And I did you know floors, plumbing, concrete work. I built decks. I did all this kind of stuff. So um, what am I talking? Why, why did I even bring that up? I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, you're insane, and I think the cat lady knows exactly what she's talking about. <laughs> That's right. okay. We're going to move on to our next story. You're going to love this. This is actually goes under Mother of the Year. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this over in Israel. Um, it says um, this female uh, Hamas mother was interviewed. It says women happily leave their children behind to martyr themselves. Hi-oh! <laughs> what a great mom. Yeah, well, okay. she doesn't have to cook for them anymore. That's... You know. <laughs> Exactly. It says here, um, as, as Casa TV, this must be like Haza's like HBO channel, <laughs> like Hamas's HBO channel, it says aired an interview last week with Raja Al-Khalabi. Raja that's, Al- that's Hamas's comedy channel, I think. <laughs> it's right. Comedy Central over in Hamas in Gaza. Uh, it's called As Akasa TV. Uh, and Raja Al-Khalabi... Uh, she's she's head of the Hamas women's movement in which uh, she boasted that the highest goal of Hamas women is to martyr themselves, even if it means, Yosef, leaving their children behind. Isn't that nice? Now, a- apparently when in this woman's movement, you only move once and then you're done. <laughs> but I, th- I thought she said she, she likes it when her kids die. Now she's saying she'd rather die than watch her. Well, it says here in a video, uh, the interview, which was translated by Middle East Media Research. Hey, they should have had you translate. <laughs> it says uh, Al-Khalabi can be seen saying, and, he, and she quotes, Let me begin by saying that the word mardom seeker means that when a girl sets out, she has only one thing on her mind, to meet the Lord by means of her blood and body parts. <laughs> that's like, that's way too kinky. <laughs> I like this Chabad guy. Thank you, Miss Producer, for introducing me to him. You're very funny, Joseph Hatzadik. Um, it says here, if any of the women of Hamas had the opportunity to be martyr seekers, not a single one of them would back down. Many women wish to be in the place of martyr seekers or together with them. Isn't this a great mom? You know, this is, though, I mean, it's not nice when people kill other people or even kill themselves. But if, if, if everybody in Hamas was, you know, strict, strictly observant, it would, it would solve one of Israel's problems. A... <laughs> um, you know what this reminds me of? And I'll tell you, I'll, I'll be honest with you. You know, there's this picture going around on Facebook, Facebook the last 48 hours. Have you seen this where it's a Muslim woman and a Jewish woman and they're praying in opposite directions at Ben Gurion Airport and everybody's just loving this. This is Israel. This is Israel. Look at this. One's facing Mecca and the other one's facing Jerusalem. And some stranger snapped a picture of this woman, one Jewish woman davening and the other Jewish woman on her knees, you know, praying. And it's just going around. Did you see this picture? I, I didn't see it, no. Oh, it, it, you know, fine. Okay. You know, let's all, let's not, let's go crazy lovey-dovey. These are still people who, you know, what the picture doesn't show you is that afterwards, <laughs> the Muslim woman kicked the Jew in the shin and then ran. I mean, let's not get crazy and think just because two women are forced in an airport to sit and pray uh, that they that they love each other or yeah, that the Muslim it. woman loves you know, it, it's it's like, look, this is reality right here. This article, right? Don't don't you agree? Yeah, well, it's it, you know, that's a little bit of extrapolation because uh, the, the what's his name, um, Mordechai Kedar, who speaks fluent Arabic and and he's you know an educator and is a really smart guy. He says that he privately gets emails from Arabs in surrounding countries that are they're they're fine with Israel. It's so not. Just because even if somebody's a Muslim, if they're not an Islamist who wants to kill everybody who's not Muslim, some of them are nice people, you know. So oh, it could sure, be yeah. it could be this photographer happened to find the nice one. Okay, know? that's fine. But I mean, you know, everyone's just like up in arms, like this is so beautiful. Whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. 
But as she says here, it, she says, most kindergartners in Gaza belong to our sisters in Hamas. Children are raised from a young age in this culture. Children are nurtured from infancy to love jihad, to want to meet Allah, and to f- love fighting the enemy. It's yeah. no surprise that women set out to blow themselves up, leaving their children behind because they know that even if they would raise their children, they would raise them for these moments to be martyr seekers for the sake of Allah, Allah, Allah. <laughs> yep. What a what a wonderful story. <laughs> yep, yep. There's there's that meme, the, 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 a Muslim woman, you know, looking at pictures of her kids and saying they they blow up so fast, or blow up so <laughs> they blow up so soon, or something like that. Hi, oh. <laughs> That's funny. Look at you, Joseph Hatsadik. You're a stand-up. I actually am standing up. You, you on the other hand, are sitting down. I see. That is correct. I'm sitting down because I'm a lazy Jew. Um, all right, we're going to go on to move to our next story. You're gonna. This is not really a feel-good story, but this is just something interesting. Did you hear about this? Over 150 Jews were stranded in Moldova after forcibly being removed from a flight. Did you hear about this? I did not. That's, it says here, uh, this happened last week, in shockingly disgraceful conduct and due to its own error, a Moldovan airline on Sunday removed all the passengers, mostly from Jews. That means you, Joseph, from a flight to Israel and forcibly expelled them from the airport. And, of course, Chabad of Moldova is assisting the stranded passengers. Always thank God for Chabad. They they fed them and uh, gave but them why- food. Why did they? I mean, they had tickets, right? Why did they? Yeah, I'll tell you why. It's ridiculous. It says here uh, the incident occurred due to an error by Air Moldova, uh, which registered two passengers with the same name as one person. As as a result, when the passengers boarded the plane, uh, one was left without a seat. Arguments began. Bagels were being tossed. <laughs> and in the ensuing chaos, the pilot decided he was quitting. I quit and canceled the flight. At that point, all the passengers, most of them Israelis, who had spent Shabbos and Hanukkah in Uman, uh, were removed from the flight and then expelled from the airport. <laughs> so, I mean, just because two passengers were arguing over a seat, the pilot quits and they decide, you know what? I don't, it doesn't even tell you if the two people arguing were Jews, but even if they were, just kick off the two people who were arguing. They were, the pilot's like, I quit, and you know what? The rest of you from Jews can go with them. <laughs> yeah, this is like a Mel Brooks movie. Uh, it really is. But, of course, Chabad comes to the rescue. Um, they were stranded in the Kishniev, in Kishniev, whatever that is, and apparently will remain there until Thursday when the next flight to Israel is scheduled. And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, Baruch Hashem for Chabad, which, as usual, stepped up to the plate. Chabad Moldova, led by Rabbi Zushi Abaleski. Do you know him? Because all you Chabad I, guys know each other. Yeah. it's uh, No, I don't know him, though. Okay. He assisted the group by providing them with uh, accommodations and food. Oh, this pla- It's just an unbelievable, this world, isn't it? How many planes does – you'd think they could just, like, send another plane the next day. They had to wait a whole week to get, to, get back, get out. <laughs> well, it is Moldova. <laughs> is That's Moldova they... listening? We've had Moldova listen to the show. They're big fans on Lighten Up. You better straighten your act out, Moldova. Yeah, I don't I don't want to diss their airlines, but maybe they should get another plane, you know? Well, I don't understand why and I, I love how the the, the, the the pilot quits. That's scarier than kicking off the Jews. <laughs> although, although have you ever like been in a place where like you have a bunch of upset Jews kind of you know, these guys are hungry, they're tired, they're whatever. I, yeah, I, it, could be, it could be very scary. But uh, when we come be, back, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll continue talking about it when we come back. Stay tuned, everybody. Has the news got you down? Not with this funny guy. You're listening to Lighten Up with Steve Miller. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back, everybody, to Lighten Up on Israel News Talk Radio. My name is Steve Miller. This is our last final segment. I can't believe it. Here I am with Joseph Hatzadik, (laughs) my guest host for today, who is absolutely fabulous. This guy is great. Joseph, how are you doing? How are you doing? I'm holding my whoopee cushion, just waiting for the chance to use it. Go ahead, use it. Let's hear your whoopee cushion. 
<laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> Too much coffee. How about that, everybody? A Chabad guy who goes around carrying a whoopee cushion. What? A, what? Those are some. That's that, that's holy gas. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, so now, did you want to uh, share? You said before off the air, you mentioned something about. Yeah. I asked you if you had any uh, stories to share. Story. Not it's, this is not a news story at all. That's it's color. kind of news. It's local color. So okay, we have lots of times we have Shabbos guests from different yeshivas or whatever. So this the last last Shabbos we had a couple of guys from Shalvim. One of the guys um, is really into Nerf guns. He just came back to. He went to America for Hanukkah. He came back. He was able to smuggle two Nerf guns into the country. His mother, he wanted to take 10, and his mother only let him take two. He's 14, by the way. Um, and what's call it? So I've never used a Nerf gun. This kid on Shabbos afternoon got me in touch with my inner redneck. We went into the back. <laughs> we went into the backyard. He showed me how to use it. We put up empty beer cans and we were like shooting the cans and seeing how much, if we can knock everything down in the least amount of shots. It was so much fun. Now I, I love that. Get, I want to get my own Nerf gun. It was they're, they're really fun. You should. You never played with a Nerf gun before? Never I mean, in you're my life. never in my Not life. even as a kid? As a kid, they didn't. When I was a kid, that was a long time ago. They didn't have Nerf guns then. They had, you know, BB guns maybe. Oh, I remember BB guns. How old are you? you know? It's complicated. <laughs> are you like a woman and you don't want to share your age? <laughs> no. Okay. The story is like this. Biologically, <laughs> I am I'm seventy. What? But, yeah. No, you're not. No, you're true. not. It's, it's no, you're true. not. It's true. It's true. People, but, people, if okay. you can see what I'm looking at, this guy looks the same age as me. That's but, but so, not saying good so for listen, me. So here's <laughs> here's the here's the the free benefit I got. When I was I grew up as a I grew up in a family that wasn't observant. You know, we had you know Hanukkah, but we had a Christmas tree. We had Pesach. Right. We had Easter eggs, all this stuff. I went to a Jewish school when I was a kid. I thought I was Jewish, but when and then and then I went to public high school, and then when I was about 20, I decided. I want to, you know, I, I'm very interested in Yiddishkeit. That's what the Jew, Judaism was missing from my life. So I started looking for yeshiva. I wound up in yeshiva when I was 20. And pretty soon it became clear that, that I wasn't Jewish, even though I was already observant. Because my mother wasn't Jewish. She, it was they, When my parents got married, it was a kind of a funny conversion. It was a, it was a fake conversion, whatever. She didn't know any better. She thought she was Jewish. So I had to convert. The advantage to this, I was 21 by the time I converted. Rabbi Yitzhak Ginsberg, who's a very smart, you know, uh, rabbi, knows a lot of math, he knows a lot of Kabbalah. So he told me that when a person converts, they can take their date of conversion as their birthday. So that means that right. I'm really only 49. <laughs> so I, I prefer, you know, I always like keeping the numbers down. So I, I like, you look you let me tell you something, darling. You know who Fernando Lamas is? Let me tell you something, darling. It's better to look good than to feel good. And you look marvelous, darling. You do. Thank you. Thank you very much. You look amazing. I, you're 70? That's what they say. Wow. I mean, what an amazing, what a crazy when, story that you're, uh, that you know, that you ended up converting and you thought you were Jewish and you weren't. And what an amazing story. You know, a real quick question here. Uh, this is going to veer off from comedy, uh, but I was debating someone who was trying to tell me that in the Torah, um, and you have a long beard, so I know you know what you're talking about, uh, <laughs> that there's no actual uh, commandment. That it that where Judaism comes from the mother that it's really an interpretation uh, from Rashi and that it really it isn't clearly stated and I would just like to ask you where does it state that it, that it, to be a Jew it has to come it comes from the matriarch from the mother. Okay, you know I really don't know there. You know, a, a lot of maybe you're, maybe you're not a Jew, babe. Maybe maybe I'm a woman. I have no. But it, it, there, there are a lot of things. There are a lot of things in Judaism that, you know, it's not written black and white in the written Torah, in the in the five books of Moses. And then rabbis are kind of given the freedom to interpret these things. So if you want to get really nitpicky, there's a lot of stuff that we don't know exactly why you can say, well, did God tell you? You know, like like uh, when you when a Jew puts on tefillin, uh, phylacteries, it doesn't say anywhere that you should put these black things on your head with straps. It just says there, there are. There are lines in the Torah that refer to it, and then the rabbis interpret it. So, right, right. So in the Torah, though, I, I mean, I looked, 
I did a little research. I know in the book of Ezra, it's, you know, distinctly talks about, you know, that these uh, Jewish men have to leave these non-Jewish women because Mm -hmm. of the commandments and, you know, whatever. The point is, uh, it is halachic. It is Jewish law that to in order to be halachically Jewish, the mother has to be Jewish. And uh, I was just going back and forth with this guy who was just trying to tell me that it's it's an interpretation from Rashi. There's no real. So, you know, whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I, I was just kind of curious. Uh, I don't want to really get it. It's not that, you know, for this, it's not this type of show, but um, I, wow. It's just a fascinating. Wow. You, you've been a fascinating background. I'm, I would love to, to interview you. You should go on the Tamar Yona show. <laughs> I've, I've heard of it. <laughs> anyway, here, you'll like this. Now I know we spoke about sports and because it's the uh, new year, uh, secular new year, uh, here, I found this story in the Times of Israel. Did you see this? It says the top eight Jewish sports moments of 2022. <laughs> oh, I see your eyes are rolling. <laughs> no, well, because you mentioned the Times of Israel. Well, but I'm not, right, I know. Yeah, okay. I don't care about the Times of Israel, but the, the, the title in itself, the top eight Jewish sports moments. Let's put it this way. In Jewish sports, there can't be more than eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it says here, between anti-Semitism scandals, the Maccabi Games, Beijing, Olympics, and the World Cup, to name just a few, this year has been filled with extreme highs and lows for Jewish fans. Uh, It's so funny. It says, um, uh, for Jewish sports fans, 2022 was a year of very high and particularly low lows. Isn't that isn't that always it for the Jewish people? It's you're we're either way on top or we're down very low. That's why most of us are bipolar. <laughs> um, it says here, uh, it just goes into the top eight Jewish sports moments of 2022, and I want to read them to you. Is because... that is that chess game in Iran included in there? <laughs> no, it's not because it's not a sport. All right. Here it goes. Number eight. I'm going to read it to you. It says Jason Brown to perform. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. I messed that up. <laughs> Jason Brown performed to Schindler's List at the 2022 Beijing Olympics. That was the number eight moment in Jewish sports history. That's, now, not, that's not saying too much. Okay. okay. Exactly. That... Here it is. The 2022 Winter Olympics in Beijing kicked off. Uh, the year in Jewish sports with flair. Uh, more than a dozen Jewish athletes from around the world, that's all there were, <laughs> were 12 <laughs> Jews who were able to make the Olympics. <laughs> um, it said here, uh, best uh, known Jewish Olympian was Jason Brown. He was a figure skater. He won a bronze medal in the 2014 Games. Uh, and here's the best thing. This is why I love it. Uh, uh, Israel. They even if you lose, uh, they still appreciate the Jewish athlete. Brown didn't even medal in the 2022 Olympics. He finished sixth. <laughs> that still makes a great moment, <laughs> and that makes number eight. Uh, right, but uh, but he did nab a personal best score while skating to the theme from Schindler's List. Hi, oh, did it? Did you know there was a theme to Schindler's List? I I don't know what to say. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> is that not the funniest thing ever? I'm not making this up, Yosef. And that's an, is, that, and they consider that an accomplishment. Th- this is an accomplishment, skating to the soundtrack of Schindler's List. How is this entertaining to the audience? Uh, he must have been skating very slow and with tears. I mean, you're you're skating to the Holocaust, and this and this gets up to his personal best. Yeah, oh my were, God! They were they were straining for something. Call off the hunt. <laughs> It's over. I mean, call it a night, folks. I mean, that's got to be the dumbest sports story ever. I think I'd rather go to a chess festival and watch Iranians protest Jews than this schmuck skate to the theme of Schindler's List. What's the theme of Schindler's List? No, but why? What, what does skating have to do with the Holocaust? I mean, it's like Mick. It's, it's... <laughs> that's what makes it funny, and that's why it made lighten up. Mm. Anyway. So that was uh, one of the best moments. Here's number seven. Uh, Max Fried continued his MLB dominance. It says, uh, with four full seasons in Major League Baseball, the Atlanta Braves ace, Max Fried, has solidified himself as one of the sport's best pitchers. In 2022, Fried earned his first All-Star selection while winning his third straight Golden Glove Award uh, as the NL League's uh, best defensive pitcher. 
Uh, I guess he plays for, uh, he won uh, the NL Cy Young Award given to the league's best pitcher. Okay, I said that. Um, and for the second straight year by posting a 14-7 and seven record uh, with an MLB seventh best, 2.48 ERA and 170 strikeouts. Um, he's a 28-year-old left-hander from, uh, he, he's from Los Angeles. It says here, and his childhood hero was, of course, Sandy Koufax, the most famous Jew ever. <laughs> but yeah, so so I mean that's you know not like necessarily a funny. I mean, okay, it's a Jewish pitcher. Now that I can see, but not a, a, an ice skater who's that's skating, skating to, the to Schindler's List. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, here was number six. Now this guy played yesterday um, uh, in the NFL. Number six is Greg Joseph. Made multiple historic game-winning field goals. He's the field goal kicker for the Minnesota Vikings, which they played yesterday. Uh, it says the Jewish kicker <laughs> has five game-winning field goals this season, including two in a row that each made history. Uh, whatever that means. Uh, whatever. It's just Jewish kicker. It says uh, he blasted a 61-yarder just as time expired to beat the the Giants of New York, 27-24. <laughs> to uh, it says the kick was the longest of Joseph's career, the longest in Viking franchise history, and uh, they gave him a free menorah. <laughs> so that's uh, I didn't even know the field goal kicker from the uh, was Jewish. Do, did you? Do they? Do they? I don't. It's okay. Whenever I used to get a haircut, it was the quietest thing because I don't know anything about sports at all. I'm, I'm missing that sports gene. So whenever the barber would try to get a conversation about sports going, I wouldn't have no idea. What to say? But the, and the only thing that comes to mind about the Vikings is: do their helmets have horns on them? Yeah, they, but okay. they're like actual horns, or just just a picture. It's of a picture of a horn. Oh, okay, all right. An I actual horn? What are you insane? That would that would hurt somebody. That's, that's What's wrong true. with you? That's true. Okay. This is, I think this you, is this I is why you've, I don't... Been, <laughs> you've been studying too much Gamara. <laughs> anyway, um, right. here's number five: Sue Bird. Do you know who Sue Bird is? Sue Bird is that the a lawyer who takes uh, cases against airlines? I don't know. <laughs> uh, she brought her remarkable career to an end. She apparently is a Jewish woman who plays for the Seattle Storm. She's a guard in basketball for the N WNBA, which uh, is a which nobody watches. <laughs> That's why no one's heard of her. Uh, so she's a two-time NCAA champion, a four-time WNBA champion, five-time Olympic gold uh, medalist. Yada, yada, yada. She's a Jew and she's retiring. And I've never heard of her, but she makes the top eight Jewish moments of 2022. This was a, <laughs> this was a slow news day for them, you know, like they, without being, what do you want to call it, ethnicist, racist? Some races or groups of people are better at things than others. Like, you know, like uh, there are a lot of really good black, tall basketball players. How many? And I don't, again, I don't know sports, but how many really good Jewish basketball players are there? No, not too many, I don't think, because they're not the right size, you know? That's right. Uh, here's number four. The sports uh, world marked the 50th anniversary of the Munich Massacre. Isn't that nice? <laughs> what, the top eight sports, uh, sports uh, of 2022 event is to mark the anniversary of of the Munich massacre that killed Jews in the Olympics. I mean, this is this is what this is what they're remembering. The greatest sports events for Jews was when Jews died. <laughs> this is coming from the Times of Israel. It's great. Um, okay, and of course, number three, Sandy Koufax was immortalized at Dodger Stadium. They made a statue for him. Sandy Koufax legacy as the greatest Jewish athlete ever has never been in question. But this pastime, almost 60 years after the Hall of Fame pitcher sat out at a World Series game to observe Yom Kippur, Koufax, who's still alive, now 86, was given one of the most meaningful tributes, yet a permanent statue at Dodger Stadium. So that's kind of nice. That's, that's reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's like, you know, he <laughs> sat out for Yom Kippur. Meanwhile, I don't think he was very observant other than that. But <laughs> Oh, here's one. Number two, Ryan Terrell. Do you know who that guy is? Not at all. Okay. Ryan Terrell began his professional basketball team, or Ryan Terrell began his professional basketball career with a keepa. 
Uh, he played for Yeshiva University. He's a basketball phenom, took a big step towards his goal of becoming the NBA's first ever Orthodox player. Now, he's not even in the NBA. So it says Terrell was selected by the Motor City Crews in October's G League draft, joining a minor league affiliate of the Detroit Pistons. So it's he's not even in the uh, NBA. He's in a minor league, which I didn't even realize there was a minor league team. Uh, and here's a picture of him signing an autograph. He's got a big Jufro and a kippa. And he plays he plays basketball with a keeper on. Yeah, there are a few. There was also Tamar, Tamir Goodman from Baltimore. He was also had the same kind of NBA dreams. And then I think he, he injured his knee, and then that was over. Yeah. Oi, my knee. Uh, it says here, uh, for Jewish fans in Detroit, Terrell's ascension has provided a boost of excitement and enthusiasm. And for the NBA organization, it created an opportunity to engage with the local Jewish community. The Pistons are offering kosher concessions at the Cruz Arena, all because of the one Jew on the team. <laughs> I mean, it's just almost insulting. Hey, get your kosher hot dog because there's a Jew on the team. <laughs> the kosher concessions, they mean they'll give you extra French fries or... Yeah, they're just they're they're supplying kosher food for the Gentiles. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, you want to know what the number one? Uh, we oh, need a even... we need a drum roll. Yeah, we don't have a drum roll. Uh, the number one sporting event or the number one Jewish event, athletic event for 2022. Ready? Yes. Drum roll, please. Is the Maccabi Games returned to Israel with a special guest? And you know who that special guest was? Oprah. <laughs> Worse, Joe Biden. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. The 21st Maccabi Games, also known as the Jewish Olympics, took center stage in Israel in July. Um, and it said Teddy, uh, it said it kicked off at Teddy Stadium in Jerusalem with an opening ceremony on July 14. And U.S. President Joe Biden, hey, I love the Jews, made an appearance, becoming the first American president to do so. Did he I actually did the did the former vice president actually appear there? Or was it was by video. No, there's a picture of him. Uh, it says you is a picture of him. He's embracing oh, right. President Isaac Herzog. This that's was over right. The I summer. remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hey. remember. He drove past a couple of yeshivas. Yeah. Hey, look I at those that. Jews over there. I'm going to the Olympics. <laughs> that's my Joe Biden impression. <laughs> so like that was parent. the. Yeah. Well, that was the number one Jewish athletic event for 2022. Was yep. Dementia Joe. At the Jewish Olympics. Yep, yep, yep. Well, Jews are good at other things. Uh, right. One of them is not sports. <laughs> anyway, I just love that story. Isn't that great? That's it. Oh, cat lady started yelling again. I wish I could take a microphone out there. But okay. oh, you know what you should do? You should pre-record an interview with cat lady and then send it to us and I can put it on the show. <laughs> My gosh. She's oh, scary. I'm... She's really scary. Yeah. And she's Jewish, right? I think so. I think so. Okay. All right. I mean, on uh, the one hand, it's sad because you know it's a it's a mental illness. But on the other hand, neighbors don't know what to do with her. She's like, you know, eight eight o'clock in the morning. She's yelling out there about the the Mossad and the Shin Bet and the police and the courts and all that. Hey, does she know that Fuada is on? <laughs> she should watch Fuada. Um, well, you know, put a basketball in her hands, and the uh, Times of Israel will do a story on her maybe, as one of the maybe. greatest crazy Jew athletes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she'll be number one next year. Next year, Cat Lady, the craziest Jew to hold a basketball. Hi -oh. Um. Anyway, uh, all right. Wow, look at the time. Okay, so we're going to finish it up with our last story. You're going to love this. Have you had fun? I, I think so. I would have to uh, have a talk with myself and see afterwards. Oh, before we finish up with our last story, let's just say hello. We have some new listeners, uh, Joseph Hatsadik. Saudi Arabia is listening. Oh, my China. Gosh. China. Yeah. Really, and, China? Yeah, China. I just, and, go ahead. I just ordered something from AliExpress, so, so hi. Does it come from China? It does, yeah. AliExpress is like the Amazon of China. Oh. Well, you know, I have – oh, Japan is listening. Hello. <laughs> This is great. Oh, and the country of other. Have you ever been to the country of other? Other. Other. I think it's short for Otherstein. <laughs> anyway, hello, China. Stop calling me, please. 
All right. Anyway, uh, we're going to finish they up. Really call, you really get calls from China? It said Beijing. I get calls all the time. I don't know. That's oh, so Taiwan is now listening. Wow. We got the Asian Express really oh. on. They're huge fans in China, um, probably because they're they're watching me. I have. Anyway, I, I can't get into it. Uh, you know, our producer could have put this up later in the show. They missed a great show if they're just coming in now. Uh, <laughs> uh, Would you keep looking back and forth? Like because I'll, to... tell, I'll tell you why. Because the list of countries is on the chat thing, which is behind my camera. So I have to, I have oh, to bend you, you over. Keep looking look like you're looking for something. We're on radio. It's <laughs> like you're looking for a, you're looking for a, uh, your whoopee cushion behind all your books behind you. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, the Philippines are listening too. <laughs> All right, we got to get out of here. So I'm going to finish with this story, okay? Groovy. Gonna, this is a nice feel-good story. All right, you want to end on a feel-good story. Here's the title: Lost engagement ring found in the toilet after 21 years. Hi, oh! Can you they imagine? Didn't, they didn't what? flush for that long. <laughs> You are quick, my brother. Um, so it says here, a diamond engagement ring accidentally flushed down the toilet of a Florida home was returned to its owners after being found lodged inside 21 years later. So this couple, uh, Nick and Shana Day, uh, they weren't obviously married yet. Um the ring went down the toilet 21 years ago at Nick's parents' house. <laughs> she came to me one day and said, I think I lost my ring. <laughs> it was on the counter. Now it's gone. She apparently was cleaning uh, cleaning up the kitchen uh, counter, and the ring was on the counter, and she took the, the, the wipe and wiped it into the toilet, uh, wiped around the sink, and it went right into the toilet. I was cleaning water off the counter with some toilet paper. My ring was sitting on the counter. I must have grabbed my ring by accident and tossed the toilet paper. It was uh, one of the worst things I ever did, she wrote on Facebook, although Facebook um, wasn't around 21 years ago. Or maybe it was. I don't know. No. Uh, it, this could be fake news. Anyway, uh, it said the couple went to great lengths in trying to find the ring. You know what she did? This woman, would, you, would your wife do this if she lost your engagement ring? She says, I climbed down into the septic tank so we could pump every bit of it through a strainer to try to find it. Oh, God. That's so, that's so romantic. <laughs> Isn't that romantic? I know a, I know a story like this. I, I well, know a guy. I know a guy. I'm sorry to jump in here. No, but go ahead. I knew, I knew this guy. Um, I won't say his name, but he lived in Boston at the time. And his wife somehow swallowed her her wedding ring and i don't know it must have been a very small ring with not getting stuck in her throat but she at least she knew where it was so she could kind of intercept it on its way out if you get catch my meaning for the next couple of days she was um exploring various things that came out of her body until she found the ring and she actually found it well, uh, uh, this is, you know, she's the woman's climbing in a septic tank. That's, anyway, that's, it says yeah, that, that, that's it, much more challenging. OK, cut to 21 years later. Babe, uh, they uh, Nick's parents said a plumber was replacing their toilet last month when he found the ring lodged inside. 21 years later, the that's ring amazing. was returned to the couple on Christmas Day. Baruch Hashem. <laughs> they brought this out. It was wrapped in a little Christmas bag so we can open it up. And the both of us knew exactly what it was. Isn't that nice? That's and the really couple nice. and um, the uh, the couple uh, said that they learned a valuable lesson from this experience. You want to know what the lesson was? Don't clean the sink. No, the lesson was check your toilets when you lose things. Hi. <laughs> Oh, my God. Hey, uh, Joseph Hatsadik. <laughs> Joseph Hatsadik, did you have a good time today? Yes, I did. Thank you. Thank you, Daddy. In, in the dumps and depressed, I'm in a very dark place right now, and you'd never know that I'm on the, the verge of ending it all. But Joseph Hatsadik, you brought me out of the dumps. I wanted to do the show by myself. You can come back and guest host anytime. You are awesome, dude. What? Wow, thank you. Thank you. There, I, pre is, I appreciate that very much. It, um, so uh, I want to thank you very much for coming. I want to thank my producer for booking him at the last minute. I had a really good time. It was a great show. And um, we'll have you back. You, you want to come back? 
Of course. And you, you learned me a little bit about sports, although I still know absolutely nothing. All right. Now, listen, before we go, uh, in the last couple seconds, I have some advice for you. Please be careful with your beard. Uh, tie it. Don't uh, get it caught in any doors. And uh, thank you very much, everybody, for joining us on this week's Israel News Talk Radio. Shavua Tov, everybody! Where can you get the inside news on Israel? At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips. With scrolling news headlines, weather, currency exchange, Shabbat candlelighting times, and so much more. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. Howdy, this is Rita from Leak City, Texas, now living in Israel. And though my heart may have belonged to Texas, it now belongs to Israel and all the fantastic show hosts at Israel News Talk Radio. Hi, this is Michael Solomon from Kiryat Arba, Israel. And why do I love listening to Israel News Talk Radio? Because I love listening to the interesting interviews they do and their news reporting that most other media sources don't cover. Hey, this is Nicole Eko from Malmo, Sweden. It gets pretty cold here in Sweden, so I love cuddling up with a warm cup of tea while I listen to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, everybody, this is Frank Norris from Tennessee. Me and my dog Buster really love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. <laughs> You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. opinion and more you're listening to israel news talk radio 